Welcome to episode 24 of John about the G-Man. I am Joe McGuire. He is Sean Scanlon. The debate inside Giants headquarters right now is about Clemson's Isaiah Simmons and whether or not he's worthy of the number four pick. Had a huge combine, an unbelievable 40 speed. The problem that we're looking at This is a man who played over 100 snaps at five different positions in 2019. The Giants front office says that positionless players are very difficult to maximize, especially when you're talking about the number four overall pick. Things things could work out because his draft stock seems to be rising. Giants could end up being not stuck with uh, Ohio State's uh, Jeff Aguda, but... um, what are you thinking right now, Sean? Uh, are, are the Giants going to not only miss out on Chase, it, it looks like Isaiah Simmons. And I'm not even sure they're that crazy about Isaiah Simmons, despite how well he looked at the Combine. Yeah, I, um, I think that would be a bad decision by the Giants. Um, just because he's so versatile and can play so many positions, I think that would be a very bad idea, just because he could help out this uh, defense so much. I think with uh, Patrick Graham and what he wants to do on the defense, he likes to be you know, versatile and likes to use a, a lot of different looks on the defensive side of the ball. So some weeks he could be playing inside linebacker, some weeks he could be play, or playing safety. So I think uh, if Gettleman was uh, think, really thinking about what this defense will be looking like moving forward, I think that Isaiah Simmons would be a great pick. And uh, also Jabril Peppers was considered positionless when he was coming out of college just because he did so many different things at Michigan. But obviously, Gettleman believed enough in him to trade, you know, OBJ, the best player on our team for him. So I think that, you know, I, I think that would be a pretty dumb idea. Obviously, if you take a, a offensive tackle, because there's a lot of good ones, I, I would be fine with that. Or Jeff Okuda, because he's a lockdown corner. That would be another good pick. But just if that's your reasoning on not taking Isaiah Simmons, because he could play too many positions, I think that that would be a pretty dumb idea for the Giants. I think the idea is it's hard to maximize a guy, to, to even determine your value as a guy who isn't necessarily a starting middle linebacker, but could be a nickel corner or, or a safety in, in, in certain packages. Mm-hmm. Having watched what the guy did at the combine, though, I mean, I, I don't know how you're not salivating. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm at the point where... I, this is this literally happened to me. I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot about Chase Young. I didn't even want him anymore. Wow, yeah. what a combine this guy has! And yeah. then I thought, wait, wait, the Giants are picking fourth. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. Uh, and the latest mock drafts I've seen now have uh, Burrow, Young, and Simmons going one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Lions are because obviously the first two are. Not guaranteed, but most likely you think it's going to be Burrow and Young. And then it's really the Lions sitting in front of us who will be the wild card on, depending who we go and get. But, yeah, like you mentioned, 6'4", 240, and running a 4'3", 940 uh, with a 39-inch vert. And then uh, 11-foot broad jump is – it's unheard of for a guy that size. So, it definitely, he showed out the combine. Definitely uh, raised his draft stock a little bit. Now, we mentioned Jeff Okuda very well could be a possibility to the Giants at four. We'll have to see, of course, how things shake out, whether teams trade up, trade down, whether the Giants uh, acquire Okuda via the draft or not. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about DeAndre Baker. 
uh, who was one of the three first-round picks last season, maybe not necessarily worthy of a number one pick. Um, yeah, it was at the end of the first tur- round. Though. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he, he, he turned it on late yep. this season and seemed to get better. There are some questions about whether or not he has NFL cornerback speed. You're big on DeAndre Baker. Yeah. How do you feel about that scouting assessment? It's not made by me, but people are saying. Um, I don't. I don't think that's really true. I, the most of the time when he was struggling this season, it was more in a, a zone coverage, uh, just because he didn't know what part of the field. But in, in man-to-man coverage, uh, staying on top of guys, that's. I think that's one of his strengths. Honestly, is you know being being able to be physical at the line and press coverage, and then uh, you know bump and run, being able to stay with the receivers downfield. So I. I don't think that's true by any means. I think he he does have the speed to you know play at an NFL level, and I think he showed that the last couple of weeks once he got um you know familiar with the scheme. Obviously, we talked about it earlier in the season, but after one of the games in the interviews, he said uh, he didn't know where he needed to be on the field. So what uh, you know once he <laughs> that was, was awful. You remember yeah. what happened? We were like, oh no. Yeah, that's what really? I'm talking. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, it was it was definitely a bad look, but I, I'm sure you know. James Betcher at the time, uh, he probably had a talk with him, and then you know we kind of saw the production on the field um, show up with that. So I think that moving forward, he'll he'll be a great corner uh, in this league. I think you know corner is one of the tougher positions to come in right in the NFL and have success right away. True, it's a yeah, lot to ask of a rookie. Yeah, especially when you're across from an aging veteran who was slowly losing it. Yeah. Somehow until he got to New Orleans and then <laughs> suddenly found it again. Yeah, that's, that's interesting how that works. Miss but, you, Jack Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Byron Jones, former Dallas Cowboy, one of the people on the Giants' radar. Uh, another is James Bradbury from the Panthers. I've seen. Wait, which is the which is the good McCourty brother? Uh, Devin. Devin. That's the one I think the Giants are talking to. Yeah, he's he'll probably end up with the other brother. I feel like that's. Yeah, it's kind of the way things have been going for us. Yeah. Uh, the Giants definitely need some depth at corner, and again, whether Akuda ends up being the pick or not, what do you think about the quarterback position for the New York Giants secondary in general? Obviously, mm-hmm. Pepper's solid, Baker's solid. Couple openings here. Yeah. Um. Well, I think the safety position is um pretty sad. I liked what Julian Love did uh, the last couple of games of the season. So. I think, you know, once Peppers gets healthy, because he didn't uh, finish the season healthy, so I think once we get those two back uh, healthy and on the field, I think they'll be a good uh, young pairing. But uh, cornerback position, we definitely need to address this offseason, uh, whether it be Okuda uh, in the first round or if uh, – because we have now close to $80 million to spend in uh, free agency after the cuts of Alec Ogletree and Kareem Martin. Thank God those two are gone. Sixth but, most money of any team in the league to spend this yeah. offseason. So fantastic news. Yeah, we definitely have the money to do it. So we, uh, I think it's it needs to be addressed, and I think it will be addressed. Um, you know, with Byron Jones, there's going to be a lot of suitors just because, you know, he is the best corner uh, on this market, and he's asking for, you know, and plus of $15 million, close to $16 million a year. So I think if we don't end up getting – I think the Giants definitely should pursue him, but if we don't end up uh, hitting on him, I think that – you know, you mentioned James Bradbury, but he's asking for $15 million a year, and I, I just don't think I, – I wouldn't like the Giants to overpay in free agency for a player like that. So I think another name that I like is uh, Logan Ryan. 
from the Titans before he was with the Patriots. He's one of the better nickel corners in the league. And obviously the Giants struggled there last season, you know, Big rotating time. with Grant Haley and Corey Ballantyne. They couldn't find an answer there. So I think that that would be a nice uh, pickup for the Giants right now. Uh, insiders are saying that he's estimated uh, looking for 10 to $12 million a year. So it would be, you know, f- close to $5 million a year uh, cheaper than Byron Jones. And I think that – you know, nickel corner is definitely a spot that we could use in the secondary. And um, the way that the NFL is run now, the uh, pass-heavy league, nickel corners, you know, having three corners on the field is, you know, it, it's seen a lot more than it was in the past. So a nickel corner is one of those positions that uh, you really need to address. And I think that it would be wise for the Giants to do that in the offseason. Believe it or not, there is some debate within the Giants organization about Daniel Jones. <laughs> uh, some believe he was just okay as a rookie. Despite the 87.7 rating, 3,024 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, just 12 picks. Did have a league high, 18 fumbles. I, you know, I, I think by all measures, most people believe that that it's a fixable situation for him. Joe mm-hmm. Judge and Dave Gettleman were dodgy when asked if Daniel Jones is the future of this franchise I don't I don't think that there would be any reason to think he's not. And I certainly don't think that Dave Gettleman is the kind of person who would ever suggest he made a mistake. No. So I think the only I think the only reason they weren't a hundred percent committed this is stupid. Number twelve, Tom Brady. I, I think mm-hmm. as long as they thought maybe, maybe, who knows, Joe Judge, there's, uh, yeah, there's a connection. Th- some connections there with, with quite a few guys in that staff. I think that was the reason they were noncommittal. I, I, I don't think that there would be any other reason for the Giants to question that. I don't think there's anybody coming out of this draft who I would who I would think would be better. And... Certainly Tom Brady, no matter where he ends up, be it New England, uh, be it anywhere for that matter, I don't he's not the he's not the future of that franchise. No. You know, yeah. you're you're maybe if you're lucky, you're maybe getting a one or two year fix with Brady. I don't think you're anything more than that. Yeah. So I, I think, I think we, any talk about about you know, any question mark about Daniel Jones, I think that's just I think that's that clean slate you were talking about last episode. Yeah. And um if you listen to Joe Judge's press conferences, he wasn't uh, committed to anyone as a starter, even when they were asked about Saquon at the starting running back position. So I think that's just kind of his take uh, going into you know the OTAs and the the mini camp stuff like that. I think he he preached on that a lot that people have to come out and earn their starting job before he's you know committing to anyone. So I think that it's that's more of an indication of you know what he was talking about. Um, I think that, you know, that's just his mindset uh, going into a head coach. And I like that mindset, um, you know, going in and earning it. Obviously, you know, we assume that Daniel Jones and Saquon, they're going to be the starters because they have, you know, tremendous talent. And Joe Judge will see that soon enough. But Joe Judge just hasn't seen them in the practice field yet. So um, I, th- I think that has more to do with that. But I did see a couple of tweets the uh, past couple of weeks that the Giants are suitors for Tom Brady. And, you know, I guess – I guess that, you know, he has the connections with Joe Judge and then obviously the new quarterback coach, Jerry Shaplinski, um, that the Giants are bringing in. He he was the assistant quarterback's coach uh, in New England a couple years with Tom Brady. So there's the connections there. But, I've, you know, we, you, we mentioned it before that uh, 
it would be more of a rental, you know, with teams that are ready to win now. They just need a QB to plug in, you know, with some some good players and a good defense. I just don't think the Giants are there right now, so I don't think there would be any point to do it. And it would just mess up Daniel Jones' development, which, you know, if that's our that's who we want our franchise QB to be going forward, then I, I don't think that would be uh, wise to do. The Giants did make a move at quarterback, re-signing or picking up the option of Alex <laughs> Tanney. There we go, baby. 2020. Uh, he'll make nine hundred fifty thousand. It's a million dollars against the cap. He signed a two-year deal worth one point eight seven million before the twenty nineteen season. Um, <clears throat> but hopefully, he never make he never gets on the field. Uh, yeah. be a solid backup, and 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 good to know that guy's there. Yeah, I mean he he's got the chemistry with Daniel Jones. Obviously, they worked together during his rookie season, so it's it's good to keep a guy that's familiar with Daniel Jones. Obviously, the Giants like him. You know, keeping him all the last season and then uh, into this season, or even the season before that. He's going to his third year as the backup uh, with the Giants. So obviously the Giants see something in him if they want, were willing to give him a new contract, you know, a cheap contract for a backup quarterback. So nothing nothing wrong with it on my end. I think it was a smart move. Meanwhile, there are some unrestricted in-house free agents. Leonard Williams, obviously the big one, the defensive lineman. Marcus Golden, another one of those guys. Uh, Mike Remmers, David Mayo, Michael Thomas, Co- uh, Cody Latimer, Cody Core, Cody Coleman, and Antonio Hamilton. We'll talk about Williams. Obviously, big deal here. Uh, they sent their 2020 third round pick, uh, which ended up being a top 70 pick, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for Williams. And, and there was some question as to what the heck was Dave Gettleman thinking about? Yep. And... If the Giants don't re-sign him, it will be a gigantic... I mean, it, it, this will blow up in Gettleman's face for sure. Mm-hmm. Does Gettleman re-sign him to a long-term contract, make him one of the highest-paid linemen in the NFL? Do they franchise him? Does he get a one-year make-a-deal? Do you let him walk? What do you think happens here with Leonard Williams uh, as we as we approach 2020? I think the I think the Giants will definitely bring him back, whether um, it be with the one of the tags or re-signing him. I think uh, it would be a, a smart move to if we're going to go the tag route. I think the transition tag would be smarter, just because it's a cheaper deal. Um, the franchise tag right now for defensive end or defensive tackles is seventeen and a half million, which I mean that's that's way too much for um, for his production. I'm, I think, and then the transition no, tag. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, and I hate to interrupt you because you you always pretty high on the guy. You, yeah, you, I like you. You but you you you're talking now. Let me ask you because I guess I got a question for you. All right. Spending seventeen million for his production makes no sense because his production output looked low, yeah. despite his presence in the yeah. lineup. What what he does and and what effect he has doesn't necessarily get reflected in the box score and on his stat sheet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the question that becomes: Are we not paying? Are we paying just on production, or are we paying on a guy who's a who's a huge presence on defense? Well, I agree with you that he is a huge presence. Obviously, the run defense got tremendously better uh, the games that he was here to end the season. And then, 
you know, he doesn't have the sacks. Um, we talked about it last episode too, but he does bring the QB pressures. Uh, he's able to get to the quarterback a lot, just doesn't, you know, bring home the sacks. But I, I what I meant by that is um, obviously I, I just think if you're going to spend one year on him, uh, like a one-year prove-it deal pretty much with one of the tags, like prove uh, – Prove that you could be a disruptive force uh, in the middle, and then obviously we'll go and re-sign you next year. I think it would be wiser to, you know, make it four million dollars cheaper because the transition tag. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but the transition you, tag. You is, like Leonard Williams? Yeah. You you yeah. like him in the middle? You think he? You think he? They got to bring him back. They got to figure out how to make that done. How to yeah. get that done. Yeah, okay. I agree. Because that right. that just opens up stuff for Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, and right. then the edge rushers: Marcus Golden, O'Shane Zimenez, Lorenzo Carter, and then whoever we get in free agency. I just want to make sure you and me on the same page. On the on the very same page. We're there. Yeah. All right. Good. I good. just yeah. Really good. All right. Um, Got to talk about Marcus Golden. You mentioned James Betcher before. That was his guy. Mm-hmm. Betcher's out. Yep. Golden got the 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the quietest 10 we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's out there testing the market. He signed a really good deal uh, uh, for the Giants one year, $4.75 million. Mm-hmm. So you want to see him back? I I I feel like he, I feel like he's likely to come back. Do you think the Giants want him back? Is the question. I think I think they should want him back. Obviously, you know I don't know what the new regime thinks of him. Um, obviously, Gettleman. I I'm pretty sure he has to like him. You know, being the first double digit sack guy since JPP in 2014. And uh, so I, it it depends on what Joe Judge and the new coaching staff, uh, Patrick Graham you know, what they think they could do with him moving forward. But he, he had a career year, um, obviously posting 10 sacks, and then, you know, 27 quarterback hits was his career high. Um, 70, 72 tackles was uh, another career high for him. So not just doing it in the pass rush, but um, also getting it done in the run game. You know, I, I think that he's he's very versatile, uh, DN slash outside linebacker. So I think that the Giants should want to bring him back. Obviously, it'll be – you know, closer to $10 million a year. Obviously, it'll be a bigger contract than what it was on the, you know, prove-a-deal last year. But I think it would be uh, smart of the Giants to, you know, look into bringing him back. Now, we know there are quite a few edge rushers available in free agency. Uh, Davion Clowney, probably... The number one name on that list, maybe he's out of the Giants' price range. I think Seattle seems to probably have him on lockdown, but of course he's he's not the only guy looking for for maybe twenty million a year. Mm-hmm. I've seen Eric Armstead's name come up a few times. Yeah, I like him. Your thoughts? Um, I th- I think uh, he would do pretty good with the Giants. The only thing is that he's he's more of an inside. Uh, rusher not more of a, a dn so i think that we were pretty loaded at the position especially if we bring back leonard williams you know it we would just have to rotate four guys and four uh pretty solid guys you know dexter lawrence had a, had a good rookie year dalva tomlinson probably had the best year of his career and then leonard williams and him i just think it would be too many mouths to feed that's why i think you know more of more of the you know five technique uh edge rushers would be a, a wiser option but it, the more we look at it, the more they're getting tagged. Like Yannick Ngakwe, um, the Jaguars came out and said that they're going to tag him, even yep. though he wants out of there. You know, obviously he's been 
tweeting and all that saying, you know, I, I don't want to play for the Jaguars anymore. Right. But you're th- I, so I, I was reading earlier, uh, the chances of him making a, enough noise to get traded. Yeah. And would the giants, and how would you feel about this? Would the Giants send the number four pick to the Jaguars for a beast like that? Yeah. Um, Tough call. I mean, again, you could draft somebody. You know, maybe Chase Young drops you at four, and then it becomes, does Chase Young become as good as as Yannick is? And, 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 I, and I think, you know, I think that's the great unknown in sports and when it comes to drafting. Mm-hmm. Would you move a high draft pick for a guy who's already playing at a really high level. Yeah, that's it's a tough one. That's a tough position. I would I would probably say no for the number 4 pick. Okay. But um I've heard a lot I'd, of people suggest that that's a little too yeah. high. Yeah, oh yeah, I just think, you know, maybe if we were more in the the middle of the pack, um, you know, to, down near like in between the 10s and the 20s, I would think it would be be more reasonable, but this just the value you can get at the number four pick, you know, there's so many good players and there, there's so many needs that we're, we're getting a player who's already, you know, four or five years into his career. Um, obviously, he's been consistent, you know, he's been uh, relatively healthy throughout his Jaguars career. He's only missed a couple of career games in four years. He consistently close to 10 sacks every year. So you know what you're getting with him. Right. It's just that some of the years are already uh, chopped off. So... I think it would be smarter to keep the number four pick, but if we are able to, you know, get a trade done, maybe say like two second round picks, something like that. I think that would be a pretty wise investment. But trading that number four pick away, I just I don't, seen, I don't think that I've would be seen smart. Some second rounders being floated here, uh, as yeah, a, that's, as a getter done. So okay, yeah. uh, so Marcus Golden and Kyle Van Noy, uh, two two options here that the Giants are considering mm-hmm. both guys looking for about 10 million a year as opposed to Clowney who wants 20 million a year yeah um Giants really like gold and they really do want to bring him back um Joe Judge called him an elite player yeah so be great to see that you know uh, uh, you know we we mentioned some of these uh, some of these other guys there free agency wise uh, you mentioned Bradbury Jones I think you also mentioned Logan Ryan mm-hmm. uh, and Bradley Roby uh, is the latest I saw his his name all over the place earlier today yeah it's He's- exciting it's exciting I'll tell you what I think seeing the Giants in a position to I, I think I'd go back to 2016 or, or the offseason there where, where they went yeah. on and spent a ton of money. I was just, yeah. I and they plugged in the right things. I think the problem with that team was I don't think they had enough of the right pieces in place. I think they thought they did. Yeah. And then they plugged it in and they put together a pretty good season. It just wasn't sustainable. Yeah. So I don't think that was the right mix. I think they got lucky. And I think sometimes when you throw a whole bunch of talent at the problem – short-term fix yeah and exactly we saw that you know they won 11 games that year had uh one of the better defenses in the league but you know the three years since then they've haven't even been able to get to six wins so like you said it was just a band-aid um you know it was a short-term answer but that's why that's why players like byron jones and Jadavion Clowney, if they're if they're asking for you know 
north of 15 million and J- if Jadavion's asking for 20 million a year i just think you know it would be it would be smarter to um stay away from those obviously they're both great players uh we would love to have them on the defense but if you can get you know two like you mentioned Kyle Van Noy and Marcus Golden if we can get both of them you know for 10 million a year uh, as opposed to Jadavion Clowney just one player for 20 million a year i think those would be the smarter moves you take to, the two for yeah, 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 exactly. Take take yeah. two players that maybe they're not at the level of Jadavion Clowney, but they're both uh, you know proven that they could have a very good uh, pass rushing season. So I, I think that would be one of the smarter moves. Uh, at linebacker, Giants looking at guys like Corey Littleton, Joe Schober, and Blake Martinez. Obviously, there there's there's some real um, with Ogletree obviously being cut. There there's a a real opening not only for uh, at the actual position. But the leadership yep. that goes along with uh, playing in the middle of the New York Giants defense. So certainly something the Giants are going to have to address this yeah. offseason big time. For sure, because now that Ogletree is gone, um, and David Mayo is also a free agent. He was the other inside linebacker starting uh, next to him for to end the season. And then obviously Ryan Connolly, he's coming off the torn ACL, so we don't even know if he's going to be ready. You know, we hope that he is, but we don't know if he's going to be ready for Week One. And even if he is, we don't know, you know, at what level he's going to be playing at. So that's right now, it's it's pretty bare at uh at the inside linebacker position. So we're definitely going to need to bring in some players. Um, Corey Littleton's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league, so you know that would be huge. Um, going from him to uh, for Ogletree to him would be oh yeah, get a whole would, new um a whole new respect for the game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, tight ends and running backs out of the backfield have been killing us. You know, pretty much all this past decade. So bringing him would be huge. And then uh, Blake Martinez, you mentioned, he's uh, led the league in tackles. Um, I think he did. Last year, he, he might have done it multiple times, but he's been with Patrick Graham before. Um, Patrick Graham was with the Packers in the year that he did lead uh, the league in tackles. So, you know, they got that connection. So there's definitely a, a good market for the inside linebacker position. Um, definitely bringing in one of them, maybe even two, would be uh, huge for this team. And I, I think that's something they need to address for sure. Um, Reimer's obviously a, a, a free agent. Solder you know, potentially could be moved to right tackle. Maybe yep. not this season, depending on, on, on what they do and who ends up uh, on the New York Giants come, say, two months from now, once everything's said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, John Halpayo uh, also, Halpayo also uh, out with Achilles. Yeah, um, and that's, yeah, that's a long recovery. So It that's... is a, a long recovery period. Nick Gates, um Right now, maybe the guy on the roster with the best chance or probably would be given a chance to take over that position. I think the Giants might look via either draft or uh, free agency to bring somebody in to... That's probably... I think if you look at at the offense, I think think some of the old lines may be the only thing you're really concerned about. Yeah, I think the two guard positions are pretty set. Um, Kevin Zeitler had a a very good year in his first year with the Giants. And then Will Hernandez um, didn't have as good as a year as he did his rookie year, but he's, he still has to improve um, in his pass protection. But in the run game, he's a mauler. So, uh, you know, making huge holes for Saquon Barkley to run through. But, um, yeah, the center position, we also also have uh, Spencer Poley, who won Jalapio was hurt uh, the year before this one. 
when he got hurt in week two against the Cowboys, Spencer Pulley was a starting center for the rest of the year. Yep. And he's, you know, he's serviceable. He's, I don't think he's your answer moving forward, but if we're not able to find one this off season, you know, he could, you could plug him in there, but yeah, definitely the tackle positions are, are going to be huge uh, moving forward. Nate Solder, hopefully he can, you know, get it together a little bit. I don't expect him to pay or him to play at what his price range is right now. What do we paid him for? He's still one of the highest paid O-linemen in the league. Which is, is is pretty scary to think about, but hopefully you know he could turn it around. Uh, he had a very bad year last year, and then uh, Mike Remmer is a free agent. Um, if we're if we're able to bring him in for you know a cheaper deal to be maybe that swing tackle or uh, even compete for the the right tackle job again, I think that would be um, pretty smart. But then there's there's some other good names in the offensive tackle market like uh, Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans. He's a big fan. Yeah, yeah he's played right tackle it. his whole career, and um, he's best known for his run blocking. So I'm sure, you know, Saquon would love to have a guy like that around. And then, obviously, there's the options of offense tackle uh, in the draft. You know, we saw Makai Becton, 365-pounder, um, running a, a 5-1, 40. Uh, no guy, no guy that big should be able to move that fast. Holy so, smokes! Imagine. Yeah, either him, you know, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, Jedrick Wills from Alabama. There's a lot of good options. So if we end up do going that route in the the draft, because you know, Gettleman loves his hog mollies. Uh, his sure big, does. His big boys up front. I I wouldn't be opposed to that because that would just help Daniel Jones' development. Um, it would help kickstart this offense. Obviously, you know, we would miss on some good defensive prospects, but at that point you would hope that the Giants already addressed that uh, in free agency. So, yeah, it's next couple of weeks will be uh, very interesting for, for this Giants team moving forward. There's a lot to be fired up about if you're a New York Giants fan. Yep. I, I, I feel like, you know, this, is, this, this could be the – again, I, I don't expect this to translate instantly in the 2020 season into like 8, 9, 10 wins. I, but I do think that what happens this offseason – and then after next season, I think sets the Giants up for the next four or five years mm-hmm. to hopefully take advantage of Saquon Barkley's prime and yep. Daniel Jones's prime, and 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 if everybody's where they're supposed to be and doing what they're supposed to do, yeah. I mean be. this this division is so winnable. Mm-hmm. It's so winnable. Yeah, they can do it. I know they could do it. I believe in it. Yep. All right, make sure you check us out. We are at clovercrestmedia.com backslash join about the G-Men. You can also follow us on Facebook and give us a follow on Twitter at join about G-Men. Yes, sir. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for this draft. Man, and I'm telling you, I am the biggest Isaiah Simmons fan all of a sudden. It's amazing yeah. what... Uh, it's amazing what ESPN can get you to yeah, fall in love with. Me and Jace were trying to tell you <laughs> a couple months ago. All right. Uh, hopefully, Jace Garcia will be back soon. We miss you, big guy. Yeah, I miss you. For that dude, Sean Scanlon, I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks so much for checking out John about the G-Men. Catch you next time.